Hello and welcome to the Over Underachievers, the only podcast in the world that talks about sports and gambling. I'm one of your host, Knox McCoy. Joining me as always, it's uh, it's actually nobody today, guys. It's just uh, it's just me, Knox Chiboy, here for this episode because, you know what, I'll be honest with you, we are all adults here and I can be honest with you and I can straight shoot you guys, but, um, you know, this is kind of my, this is what I do for a living, right? But this isn't always what, you know, Andre does for a living. This isn't what Jason does for a living, okay? They're, they're doing me favors and sometimes... You know, life finds a way, like in Jurassic Park. Sometimes life gets in the way, okay? And that's all right, too. We, we want to afford Jason Andrea's space uh, and the time and the opportunities to do the things that they've got to do, A, to pay their bills and, like, mortgages and things like that, but also, you know, not be tied down to this singular sports gambling podcast. So um, by the time you're listening to this, Jason is somewhere hiking a mountain. Um, and I got to be honest with you, when he told me he was hiking a mountain, mountain I thought it was going to be like more hill than 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 mountain um but then i googled the place that he told me he was going to that i will keep secret for um health and safety reasons um and it's a it's a legit mountain guys it is um you know i think i was thinking pj tucker he's climbing uh, a Giannis sized mountain so uh thoughts and prayers to him uh so t's and p's and uh, congratulations and all that um andre andre's working he's a working man he's a hard working man and i i like to think that we're banking all of these things we're getting all of these things these trivial matters like work and hiking and exercise and experiences in life and employment things like that i like to think that we're getting them all out of our system we're getting them out of the way we're clearing the table for the main event and entree that is uh, college football, that is the NFL season. So we're super excited to that. So we want to let them uh, do their thing. Um, luckily, you've still got me. I'm still here. And I did ask on social media for your mailbag questions because we thought it was time to do another mailbag. And you guys really responded with some great questions. So that's what we're going to do today. Um, again, as always, the Over and Retrievers is a proud member of the Podcast Media Group. It's a show intending to consider news from the sports world through the prism of overs and unders. Um, and again, we're not experts. We do this for entertainment. We do this for camaraderie. We always tell people to gamble responsibly. Let me add, before I get to the questions here, so earlier this week, um, I put out a survey for you guys, for the listeners of this show, and I wanted to get some feedback on what you're liking, what you're not liking, things like that. We've got some stuff we're kicking around as doing for football season or some future things, future plans that we're talking about. So if you want to uh, feedback into that, that would be super helpful. And all you got to do to do that is uh, just go to uh, overunderachievers.substack.com. That's uh, where our kind of community page is for now. We were doing show notes there a little bit. We're, we're trying to, f- that's what part of the survey is is to try to figure out what to do with that space. So just go check that out. And if you're on the newsletter list, you already got that email. But if you're not and you want to like give some insight as to what's up or you just like you really want to do a drive-by on like Jason or Andre or myself, um, go there, fill out the survey. It's super quick. doesn't take very long at all. So um, you can let us know your thoughts and opinions about our thoughts and opinions. All right, first question. This is, uh, and again, thanks to everybody who slid in my DMs to hit me with questions. That was super helpful uh, in compiling the content for this episode. And you guys hit me with some really um, thought-provoking questions to uh, deal with. And I also, some of the ones uh, I sent off to Andre and Jason um, so that they could answer. And then we'll end here. We still did our cameo close to the pin. So I have uh, the results of our honor-coded text message exchange. But uh, this first question is from Becky Bess 5 And she says, how do I get my husband to all cash? 
caps, calm down when watching his fave NFL team? Uh, this is a great question. This is one I resonate with because I have been on the other side of being that crazy person, not being able to calm down when I was watching Tom Brady and the Patriots um, melt down in the playoffs against the Ravens or, or teams like that. Um, what I would say, though, Becky, is I appreciate that you're trying to find a solution, but you're, you're just not going to be able to. There's no easy solution to be like, hey, my man, calm down because this is just a game. Stuff like that's only going to make it worse. And I would, uh, how I would explain it is your husband has compiled an identity that involves his favorite team and their performance uh, as a, as a existential referendum on him as well. Okay. Like that is one of the core baseboards or foundations or the primordial ooze of who he is as a person involves the performance of his favorite team. So that's just what it is. Okay. And that's the, you're not going to be able to get that out of him. Okay. You can't disentangle those teams. That's just what it is. Something that I've noticed that works uh, well for Ashley is she just kind of treats me like a bear that's gotten into a backyard or like a campsite. It's best just to watch uh, from the safety of like a, another room. Um, but I think a good healthy distance is smart because even if like the bear starts to break things um, or slam stuff, it's best to just watch and deal with that later. The second you start admonishing him or ridiculing him or humiliating him, it's not going to get better. It's going to get a lot worse. So I know personally, uh, maybe you can advise him here on this. I've started watching games either from um, like three inches away from my face or from like 300 yards away, you know, like um, I'll, I'll watch the TV uh, from the backyard. Like I'll look through two sets of windows into my living room because it feels like the distance will uh, protect me from bad things happening. Or, you know, if I'm super close up, then people can't hear like the bad words I'm saying to myself when I whisper them to the screen uh, because uh, a tight end didn't catch like a, like a seam route down the middle, stuff like that. So, you know, um, lots of stuff to work with there. Hopefully that can help you, Becky. All right, next question is from Michael Glenn's Music, and he asks, what's your top four for the CFP and who you got winning it all? Um, I deferred and uh, pushed this uh, question to Andre because he's much more educated in terms of college football knowledge than I am. And his, uh, what he said was he's picking um, Oklahoma, he's picking Georgia, he's picking Ohio State, and he's picking Cincinnati to make the uh, top four college football playoff slots. That's very interesting to us. So we did um, try to adjudicate that in the chat. And and where Andre really landed is he thinks uh, Alabama, really Alabama is obviously the missing piece of that. And in Andre's estimation, uh, he has them losing one to two games. Um, and really the crux of uh, what Alabama's problem is going to be is about bringing in a new quarterback. Yes, but also uh, Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien, um, uh, I guess, um, mending his offense to fit a young quarterback in the, in the new college game that he's been out of a little bit. So um, whether that's realistic or not, I don't know. Sometimes it's um, fun to just root for things that don't usually happen, like Australia winning the gold medal, for example. I don't know. I'd like just pulling that out of my hat. Um, I don't know. When I'm thinking about this, uh, I, I do think we're going to be in a, in a bit of an unconventional year, a, a higher variance year because of last year being so COVID ridden. And I think this year will be a return to normalcy. And I think it will test um, I don't know, the constitutions of certain programs and teams, especially when you have um, the uh, name, image, and likeness uh, wrinkle added into it. Um, but I tend to, you know, I tend to land Alabama, Ohio State. Um, I think Notre Dame is going to be there again, and I like Oklahoma. Um, you know, I, uh, I, I think 
for me, the variance I'm going to put in there is I've, for some reason, I felt very strong about Georgia. I know like um, in team camp or whatever right now, the news is not great, you know, about Georgia. And I feel like they keep taking L's left and right in terms of personnel, but I'm going to stick with my Georgia piece. So um, I think I'm going to go Alabama. I'm going to go Ohio State. I'm going to go Notre Dame and I'm going to go Georgia. And I know it's not sexy. I know it's not very interesting, but I think when we're talking about college football, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about there's there's going to be less and less variance. There's going to be less and less like Loyola, Marymount, State College, University. Not that they ever did, but um, when we're talking about these collisions of conferences and these um, uh, transformations into super alliances and super conferences, you're just going to get less of like Boise States, right? So I think um, sad as it is, really, you're just kind of trying to delineate which of the Titans are going to show up um, this year. And those, those are four I have. So I feel pretty good about it. All right. Next question. This is from Andrew Forrester. Andrew Forrester says, is Kirby Smart a top five coach? This is a great question. And I feel like this would be a great over-under segment. But because I am solo here, I'm going to try to figure this out myself. Um, I think when you think about Kirby Smart, I think he's undeniably impressive. I think he is undeniably good at running a program. The Where I think he gets dinged, it's not recruiting, it's not enthusiasm, it's not his haircut. Um, it, as bad as his haircut is, I think he gets points for how he looks in a visor. He just looks really great in a visor. I enjoy watching videos of him racing his children on the beach shirtless. I think that's just a, the, just a human element and aspect I really appreciate. I think what we're talking about with Curry Smart is his inability to um, find a competent, um, offense to match with every other aspect of uh, the Georgia program and how good they are. I feel like the inability to have elite offensive play, especially the quarterback position, that's uh, that's a ding against him. And I think um, it sucks because you really won't get the adulation until you win a title, and then it's obvious. But I think, um, I, man, I, I, here's how I'll break it down. I have when I'm thinking about, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking about X's nose, right? I'm thinking about who is like a good game day, who's good at strategy, not just compiler of um, blue chip five star recruits. Because, and I think in that respect. I don't think Dabo is a very good um, X's and O's coach. I think he is a good administrator. Um, I think he is like the, the, you know, Ed Orgeron is the goofus and um, Dabo Sweeney is the gallant of administrator type overseers, right? But I don't think they're particularly, either of them are particularly good at X's and O's. So they won't be included on this list. Uh, Dabo, obviously, uh, I'm sorry, Ed Orgeron, obviously, Dabo a little more surprisingly. But in that respect, um, I'll give it to Nick Saban just because, um, yeah, he's up there in age, and I don't know how much he's like uh, involved in the minutia of X's nose, but I just feel like he exists there and he should be there. Um, I, you know, I, I weirdly have Brian Kelly, um, and I don't know if that's stupid. That might be excessively stupid. That might be exceedingly stupid, but I am going to include him. Um, I think his ability to um, be very attractive to the NFL, and I think his ability to um, scheme around maybe some. Um, slight roster um, underwhelming uh, aspects. You know, I think he's he's still, they recruit really well up there. I think uh, he doesn't have the receipts because he can't really beat anyone of consequence, but I'm still impressed with how he runs the program and also the X's and O's of his team. Um, I'm going to put Lincoln Riley in there, so that's three. Um, Lincoln Riley, I just felt like Lincoln Riley is really, really good. I think you could argue um, he's just really good at one side of the ball. 
Um, but I would say that his being good at that side of the ball has kept them um, in the national title picture. So I think that's uh, that's allowed. Um, next, I, I'm going to go Jimbo. I'm going to go Jimbo Fisher out of Texas a and I, I think he is actually probably better at the X's and O's than recruiting the people that fit those X's and O's. Um, but I was really impressed with his work at Florida State. I feel like he's um, been staffed under some really um, good strategic coaches. So I think that's trickled down a little bit. And I think, so here we're at the five spot. And I'm, I'm going to be completely transparent and honest here. I I have either uh, Kirby Smart here or P.J. Fleck. And I know that sounds ridiculous, and I feel ridiculous saying it. I honestly do. P.J. Fleck reminds me of um, the nerdy kid from Little Giants who had the snot bubble and I think drew up the defenestration of Puerto Rico or whatever. Um, I think he's really good at coaching, but I don't know. Is he good at coaching because he is um, uh, in Siberia coaching against um, Big Ten teams? Or if you put him anywhere, would he be a really good coach? Or is he just enthusiasm? Is he just like, hey, I have like good boat metaphors, and that's why my teams are really good? Um, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. So I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give the edge to Kirby here because he has done it uh, year in and year out. He's done it in a tougher conference. He's gotten close. And I think this is a lot like, I don't know, the uh, the Houston Rockets of the um, mid-2010s of, you know, if the uh, if the Golden State, Golden State Warriors don't exist, the Rockets probably have a couple titles. But they did exist, so they don't have titles, so we don't look at them fondly. And I think similarly, you know, if Nick Saban, the monolith of Nick Saban in Alabama football, if it doesn't exist or just doesn't even exist like we know it or see it, um, Kirby Smart might already, he might be one of those people talked about in the upper echelon. I, you know, the, who I think of, and it might be a visor bias, but who I think of is uh, Bob Stoops. I think of Bob Stoops and I think um, it might take, I, I feel like it took uh, Bob Stoops a little less time to get to the precipice um, of championship football, but I see a similar track for Kirby. I think he's going to get there and I think he does a great job. I think he's just dealing with a lot of different um I don't know, accumulations of talent and experience and of playoff opportunity. So uh, I've got them top five. Um, and I hope that answers your question, uh, Andrew. I hope you I hope you agree with me. All right, next question. This is from Mathleen Katina. Um, and Mathleen Katina, she says, Smooch, Mary Kill, overrated quarterbacks. Matt Leinert, Colt McCoy, and Jameis Winston. First of all, I just before we answer this, Mathleen, uh, Mathleen Katina, this is a great question. This is a Hall of Fame textbook, great question. Thank you for your service. Thank you for allowing us to dabble um, in these topics and swim in these waters. This is what we're looking for when we ask questions like this. So just really well done. You're the real MVP of this conversation. Um, I sent this to Andre and I sent this to Jason. Andre said, Mary Matt Leinert, smooch Jameis, kill Colt McCoy. Um, he, he didn't really offer a lot of feedback as to why. Jason did. He really thought about it. He said, kill Matt Leinert, the player, um, because he likes him on TV. Uh, he said smooch Jameis because that's going to be a wild ride. So Jason likes to mix it up. He likes a little bit of excitement in the uh, in the intimacy department. Uh, and he says Mary Colt because it's going to be safe. It's going to be boring and it's going to be non-productive, but it's stable and it's reliable. Um, I think I tend, man. So I'm, I, gosh, this is a, the, the reason this is such a tricky question because all three guys bring something very different to the equation. Um, I was someone who thought Matt Liner was the second coming of like slow Steve Young. I thought he was going to be incredible, but he sucked. He was terrible. And I actually don't think he's very good at uh, TV at all. So I will say kill Matt Leinert. Um So really what we're talking about is who do we smooch? Do we smooch 
Jameis or do we smooch Colt? Um, man, I think I'm going to go Jason's camp because I think you smooch Jameis because that's fun. That's crazy. That's wild. There's high variance there. It could be, um, could be a wild, crazy night. Um, it could be you're um, watching a ridiculous movie. It could be you're going to a crazy club. It could be you just took a, like a red eye to Miami. Who knows because of Jameis Winston. And I think Colt McCoy is who you settle down with. You know, it's the person that you build a life with, someone you can rely on. I, th- I don't think you can rely on Jameis Winston. I don't think you can rely on Matt Leinard. But I think Colt McCoy is what it is, you know, and that's okay. Sometimes is what it is, um, is, is what you build the, the foundation of a life with. All right, next question. This is from Oliver Davis 9. He has a two-parter. Uh, the first one is addressed to Jason. Uh, he doesn't say it's addressed to Jason, but I'm assuming he is because it's about um, uh, kind of uh, low-key minivan situations. He says, have you seen a new Kia Carnival MPV? That's the question. He just asked if Jason had seen it. Um, and I guess they, they share a bandwidth or, or a, a certain frequency because um, Jason was very excited for it. He says um, the, uh, the addition of the hybrid aspect really uh, brings him uh, emphatically to the table. And he says, for the record he i guess he goes kia splaining here for a second he says carnival is the international name for the kia sedona same van different names very common they're just streamlining with the new body style so you know for the 0.111 percent of our audience that was interested um in that conversation there you go there's that and then oliver also he asked me personally i'm guessing this is me personally because i don't think um andre or jason play chess he says do you get nervous to play someone in chess um no oliver i don't and you know why because i've done the work Right, I've done the lifetime prep, I've done the intellectual prep. My goal is to stare at the person and really try to psychologically psych them out from the word go. Uh, oftentimes, I don't, like my first six moves, I don't even know what pieces I'm moving because I'm trying to maintain strong eye contact. Because you know whether I moved like the fourth pawn or the fifth pawn or the sixth pawn, that doesn't really matter. I can kind of overcome that. What the, what I don't think that my opponent can overcome is the idea of like their opponent staring at them for six straight moves. I feel like that just starts to mess with them. So that's when I really get into the game. And I've never so I've never been nervous a day in my life. I will say. Um, with people, I do not get nervous, but when I play AI on, you know, like chess apps or like, uh, whatever, um, the built-in like chess games, like to your computer or whatever, like if you have a compact or back when we all had compacts, I would get a little nervous about them because I think on some level, I thought it was an existential referendum on, you know, humanity versus artificial intelligence. And I felt like if I could pull off, not even a win, honestly, Oliver, if I could just pull off a draw, Maybe that was staving off the events of Ex Machina, a really incredible Alex Garland movie that I think is on Netflix that I urge everyone to track down and watch. Um, there are some uncomfortable scenes, I will say that, um, some very uncomfortable scenes, but it's a, a fantastic movie. Um, if you're interested in the you know thermonuclear emotional dynamics of playing chess against a computer. All right, next question. BT Howley says, are we up or down overall? And I'm guessing that's in regards to our gambling. You know, BT Howley, I would say, why do we got to put a number on it? You know what I mean? Why do we got to like get down to the nitty gritty of the Excel spreadsheet? Why can't we just kind of live and exist and be and like float on uh, in the eternal essence and in like how modest mouse um, intended for us to float on? I would say um, I don't have the hard evidence or details or facts or analytics about like how we're all doing i would say i'm probably a little down but i've had a lot of fun i would say jason's dead even because that's just kind of how he gets down and i would say andre is uh, up so collectively i would say we're barely up but only because of andre 
All right, Brooks M. White says, whatever happened to the spreadsheet where all the things were tracked? Uh, great question, Brooks. Um, I don't appreciate your tone, but I do appreciate the question. Um, I will say it's one of those things where it's like, um, I don't have time to do that. You don't have time to do that. And you don't have time to do that. So no one's doing it actively. And also it was one of those uh, good on paper ideas. Um, but really, I just don't know. Does anybody care? Does anyone care? Does anyone over in that spreadsheet and be like, Oh, sick. They said Jungle Cruise is going to be 87 uh, percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and it actually ended up like 92. So that's awesome. I don't know if you guys are like, hey, we were loving and living and laughing for the spreadsheet. We will we will resume that. Um, but uh, my my hunch is um, no one opened that and no one cared except for you, Brooks. But I appreciate you asking the question. All right, next question, Maggie Jean Wentz says, you should, this isn't a question, this is just a statement, guys. She says, you should do a sports wagering uh, for dummies episode. This is interesting to me because, um, you know, I think a lot of our battle um, uh, content-wise is um, do you guys want really just the sports conversation? Um, is the gambling aspect just an interesting hook or do you guys want us to get down into like the nitty gritty of gambling? My hunch is that you don't want us to get down to the nitty gritty of gambling and the initial feedback on our survey, uh, kind of backs that up. So I like, um, leveraging the language and the hook of the gambling idea, but not really getting into the sports wagering uh, as much. I do know something, what we've talked about is perhaps doing, a different piece of content either for our community or eventually behind like a paywall, like a Substack paywall or a Patreon paywall situation that is more gambling focused. But I do, I, I think I'm just thinking a lot here. I think that kind of goes contrary. That goes against what um, the data is showing us of, of people being interested um, in gambling stuff, like in the minutia of gambling. But I do think, um, I think it might be interesting for us maybe to, I don't, and I don't know if this is a piece of audio content or uh, like a written piece of content, like a PDF of just some basic gambling stuff. Um, so we can all kind of uh, exist on the same, uh, on the same level vocabularily speaking, um, or even just for, because I, I, you know, I do think gambling, um, it's only getting bigger and bigger and, and more out there. So I think there, if there's a fundamental um, baseline of language and vocabulary we can help with, I think that might be worth something without us having to go so far and like so heavily into uh, actual gambling. All right, next question. This is from Betsy Leong. Uh, she says, I want to crush my husband's fantasy NFL team. Tips on forming the best team. Okay, I'm I'm not going to do the player analysis because I haven't done enough work on that and I don't know that I would feel good about like giving you spe uh, uh, specific player comps. And I always, it, it, more than that, I am a, a big believer in going into any draft, not fixated on particular people because I think you end up overpaying um, in that regard. So what I would say is this. I would say, um, first does your husband have like a favorite actual team or like a favorite group of players? If that, if he does, I would say um, do as much as you can to like draft those players um, because he's going to have an emotional attachment to him and you can dangle those like your ownership of those players over him. Um, but I just fundamentally, I would say um, go running back first. Um, I, I would say prioritize running backs, then uh, wide receivers, tight ends. Uh, it's better to go early on a tight end um, and uh, get a guy who's going to be a guaranteed playmaker uh, versus like waiting to pick one. And then I think you can always find someone at uh, a quarterback. You know, you can always get you can always get like a, I'm, I'm going to say Andy Dalton, but I don't mean Andy Dalton. So do not draft Andy Dalton. But you can always get someone who can be productive. Don't um, accelerate that process. 
really just lean on pass catching running backs guys who don't have a history of getting injured um like don't get zeke he's going to get injured he's going to get suspended even though he does look great he does look in shape um but go go for consistency don't go for high variance players go for people who always show up and produce um and really target you know if you you know if you want to you can kind of play dumb and be like i just don't really know how to do this who are some people you're watching or you're like looking at or something can you give me some tips um and then like snipe all those players i think it's it's best to you know what's the what's the saying the um the sec- the the best swordsman in the world isn't worried about the second best swordsman in the world they're worried about the unconventional swordsman so i think for your strategy here in this fancy football draft i think be the unconventional swordsman you know play on his emotional weaknesses manipulate him you know use your feminine wiles um use maybe things he's told you like in his deepest and darkest and most vulnerable moments and leverage those on the message board i think there's everything's fair in fantasy football so i think you're set up to like really take advantage of him all right, next question. This is from Anna Elsa Brooks. Uh, she says, are you working on a new book? Uh, I'm guessing that's addressed to me, not Jason or Andre, but um, Jason or Andre, when you listen, if you are working on a new book, please let me know and I can relate that. Um, I am Anna Elsa Brooks. I am actually working on three books right now. I'm working on uh, two um, nonfiction, one uh, fiction. Uh, the fiction is what I have been, I've been refashioning it. It's uh, from my old Substack. It's called Devil Town. Um, it's like, uh, what if a church had to find a new pastor and they did an American Idol style uh, performance to uh, to see who would win? Obviously, hijinks ensue. And then I'm uh, I'm working on a, uh, I guess the the, t- the working title is Secretly Sacred, um, uh, fictional and non-fictional things that actually evoke the sacred or the divine. And then I'm working on something about uh, it's like uh, it's it's about. Uh, Ashley and Mai's trip the last three years of moving, of like working or dealing with real estate, dealing with renovation, um, and how that has uh, helped our marriage. Um, that's going to be out sooner rather than later. Um, and it's going to be a little shorter, probably. Uh, I think I'm aiming like 10 to 15 chapters on that, and it's going to be available um, through my Substack. So if you want to, um, if you guys aren't uh, subscribed to knoxmccoy.substack.com, you can go over there, uh, get subscribed, and you can um, get all the latest info about those uh, book projects. All right, next question. This is from uh, Jamie Han. Jamie Han, Jamie Han. Um, she says, how do you know Jace, Jason Waterfalls and Andre? Were you guys college roommates? Um, so, no, we actually were not college roommates. We, none of us went to the same college. But um, I met Andre uh, as a freshman in high school, and Andre was uh, one of my high school best friends. We played flag football together. And then um, I guess towards the end of high school and into college, um, he and I were a part of a group that would go to Omaha, Nebraska, to watch the College World Series uh, every year. Uh, and then Jason, um, I met Jason, I think it was the senior year. It was my senior year prom or maybe, no, it was junior year prom. I met him junior year prom and, uh, it was because I walked into, it was the after party. We were staying at my friend Kevin's house. Um, and I walked in and I see, uh, someone licking Ashley's face and it was Jason. So I confronted him physically and we got into a, uh, a physical altercation. Um, and then we, uh, after that, everything was chill and cool. We hung out and we became best friends. Um, so we worked together briefly. Um, and, uh, while, uh, while Jason lived here, um, we lived together for a little bit, ran a business together for a little bit. Um, and then he moved to Indy, but we've, uh, we've been friends ever since. So I've been friends with these guys for a while. So I know all the dirt, all the good stuff. They know all the dirt, all the good stuff uh, on me as well. So, um, so yeah. 
All right, next question. This is from Katie M. Buck Five. Uh, she says, "What are the odds that UJ will actually win something, comma, even with their habit of choking?" Um, so Katie M. Buck Five coming in hot, coming in a little spicy. Um, Katie, I I understand what you're doing. You're trying to provoke uh, Andre um, through me. You're trying to provoke me because I have said I think UGA is going to get into uh, the title game this year. Look, you're not wrong. Uh, they do have a habit of choking, you know, and um, this is always I, uh, you know, I, I, I trusted this with Villanova a few years ago of like Villanova, Villanova always chokes. So I'm never going to bet on them and I won't bet on them until they prove me wrong. Well, eventually Villanova didn't choke. They won the national title a few years ago. So now I can bet on them. Um, I thought Gonzaga had thrown that uh, thrown the. Um, the burden of that off. Um, but I bet on them when they hadn't proved me wrong. So that's my fault. So I understand the hypocrisy you're exposing here of I'm betting on UGA. I'm predicting UGA, even though they haven't proven me wrong. But I just think they have too good of a program. They have too good of recruiting classes. Kirby Smart is too good of a coach for them to just never win. So my bet is that something will break in the Alabama machine first, which will give Georgia the opening. Because I think I think we like to think of the SEC as this juggernaut of uh, competitive teams, and they are for sure. But I think the depth is more in the in the midsection of the conference. Really, topside, we're talking about Alabama and Georgia, maybe Florida. Um, and I think all it takes is something weird to happen for Alabama. It takes for Bryce Young to not be that good or all the other great quarterbacks that they have to not be that good or an injury or something weird to happen. And all of a sudden, UJ is in the playoff in the, in the catbird seat. So um, the odds that UJ will actually win something, they're pretty good this year. But the emotional odds, they're probably still pretty long. So I appreciate you bringing um, that kind of cognitive dissonance to this conversation. All right, and now we're going to wrap things up with Cameo closest to the pin. I know this is going to be a little weird because uh, Jason's not here and Andre's not here. It's just me here, but I am. So we have already done this. We have um, sorted this out through the text uh, thread exchange, and I'm just here to report the results here. So um, the the person that was chosen for Cameo close to the pin for this episode, and guys, I just want to I want to give you a little a little backstory here. Before I, I'm not trying to be dramatic here. I'm not trying to build tension and suspense here, but I will just say um, I'm. So I'm at my house right now recording this, um, and uh, I'm about to be done. There's a good chance you're going to hear some uh, big chainsaw energy. Um, that's not me. That's not Ashley. That's not my kids. Um, but we are in a house situation where a couple of days ago we woke up and a giant tree had fallen uh, and just missed our neighbors by like three feet. Um, and she's super chill about it. So we're trying to be chill about it, but we're, we have people here. Um, it turns out, you know, it's weird. I'm not, I'm not trying to like homeowner, uh, explain people, but as it turns out, when you have big trees in your yard and they're hanging over power lines, people don't like that. And that makes them uncomfortable. I know it's every day is like a, like a, like a lesson, you know, we're, we're lifelong learners over here. So that's what that's that's the texture back here that's not a little soundscaping i'm doing that's just the texture of life you guys and like i wanted to um explain that and I, i've been trying to wait until they're done but i think they're gonna be here all day um so i just i wanted to be up front with you guys the listener because i feel like we owe you that so um uh back to cameo close to the pin uh the person we chose for cameo close to the pin was wayne corbett the uh former new york jets wide receiver um, Andre and I, uh, so, uh, basically I sent this, I guessed my number. I sent this to Andre and I, I sent this, I sent this to Jason separately. Um, Andre, uh, and I actually guessed the same number. We guessed, uh, 85. Uh, my rationale there was, I feel like Wayne Corbett 
is uh, a 75. I think he thinks he's a 75. Actually, I think he's a 35. If we're, tra- if we're talking true value, if we're talking Adam Smith, wealth of nations, you know, let the market dictate. Um, but I think he believes himself to be 75 ish. And then I added $10 for the New York tax because I just feel like people from New York thinks everything like should be more expensive. So I landed on 85. Andre landed on 85. Jason landed on 87. Now he wasn't doing, he didn't know our, our number, obviously. And uh, the rationale he based that on was that he thought Wayne Corbett's number was 87 is not 87. It was 80. Um, but somehow he landed at the, he got it close to the pin because Wayne Corbett is $100 on Cameo, which is way too much. You should not be triple digits when you're, when you're booking Wayne Corbett. And honestly, why are you booking Wayne Corbett? Why are you doing that? There's so many more Jets by this point that you could get, or you could just not do that. I feel like that's just lighting $100 on fire. So um, congratulations to Jason. Um, I think that uh, that gets him on the winner's board here. Um, that puts him to 10, 10 wins, first to double digits uh, in victories. Andre and I are still stuck at five. So um, that's where that's where I came across the pin. Um, next week, I, I don't know what it's going to be like next week. I know I'll be here for sure. I know Jason's got some work stuff. Andre has some work stuff as well. We're trying to navigate um, as we get closer to college football. So somebody will be here. It might just be me. It might be a combination of us, but we're going to make it happen um, as we preview and get closer to uh, the football season. And again, I, I know I mentioned at the top, but we've got the survey. Go to uh, overunderachievers.substack.com and fill that out and let us know. We've gotten some great feedback that I think is super helpful for the future of the show. So if you have other um, things you want to communicate or get across, that would be a great opportunity to do that that um okay that's gonna do it for this episode of the over underachievers again um you know if you don't care to if you don't mind give us a five-star review um a rating and review and look the the best way to grow the show is to tell your friends is to communicate it is to recommend it to people that's how people uh, grow podcasts so if you want to do that if you have a friend you're like hey i think you might like this um let them know send them a link give them a shot uh, as always i'm Knox. there's no andre or jason but we will all see you next time <laughs>